Blog Talk Radio. Well, it doesn't seem like our intro is going to work today because Time Warner, in their infinite wisdom, decided to cut off my cable tonight. Yay! <laughs> so we're just working from uh, the phone today. It seems like it's magic time in L.A. Seth and Sean Sports Radio, we're going to go through trading deadline. Who would you want if you had the druthers for your team and what type of personnel you would like? In addition to one of the greatest accomplishments in sports, the UConn women winning 100 in a row. We'll talk a little college basketball, a little pro football. Seth Kame and Sean Palmer, how are you doing, Seth? Doing well. Jake's stoked for the show. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, we, I think we have to start in Hollywood, in the land of make-believe, because I think that I really don't believe what I just saw. <laughs> to quote Vin Scully and to quote, well, to quote, I guess to quote myself, about L.A. pulling, firing longtime GM Jerry Kupchak, uh, Mitch Kupchak, and longtime, I don't even know what to call him, Jimmy Buss, and replacing him with Magic uh, Johnson as, pretty much as, 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 the, as the face of the Lakers. Curious to hear your thoughts. Um, you know, the thought, the thought had been that Buss had three, Buss and Kupchak had three years to rebuild this team, which was never going to happen. The team is in as bad a shape as probably any team south of Sacramento and west of Brooklyn. Is, in your mind, is Magic the guy to, to bring him back? Well, you know who wasn't the guy to bring him back, and that's Jim Buss and, and Mitch <laughs> Kupchak. So, I mean... Is anything worse than what you have today? I think that's a question you have, or worse than yesterday. I think that's a question you have to have. Is Magic going to be the only personnel guy? No. No, they've already said they're going to hire a GM. So if you look at certain um, certain places like Indiana, you have Larry Bird, and you have, I believe his name is Dave Pritchard, and they do very well with the combination of the two of them, with Larry being the face of the franchise. And Pritchard, surprisingly, you've never heard of him, right? But actually, he's done the actually job. I have heard of him. Kevin Pritchard was the point guard in Kansas when they won the national title um, with Danny Manning. And then he became, and I believe, the assistant GM in Indianapolis, in Portland. Excuse me. Portland, thank you. That's where I was going. But okay, so you have heard of him. I would say the majority of people have not. And that's, well, that's why we host. That's why. That's why I host a sports radio show, though. That's right. Because I know who Kevin but, Pritchard is. And and that's a good call on your part. But the majority of the people do not. He's in the background, and he does, And that combination works very well. It it absolutely does in Indiana. Now, have they won a championship? No, but they have certainly gotten to the playoffs numerous times. And if you told the Lakers fans this year that they were getting to the playoffs, I think they would be more than satisfied, which they're not doing. When you're telling me that three years was not enough for Boston Kupchak, you're absolutely right. However, they haven't made the team better. They've made it worse. And that's the problem. The problem was never all right, we're going to have Kobe Bryant, and Kobe Bryant is going to go through his one or two-year swan song, 
and then we're going to be done with the Kobe Bryant side, and we're going to rebuild. That would have been fine. I think every single Laker fan would have signed up for that, truth be told. But then last year, they go out in free agency and blow it. They got Timothy Moskov for a four-year, $64 million contract, but nobody else would have signed him for over 10 a year. If that, they go out and sign Luau Dang for a four-year and $72 million year. Now, this would be fine if this was Luau Dang from 10 years ago, but this is Luau Dang who was recovering from a bad year and came on in Miami as a smallish four, and now he's back to the three, and he can't guard anybody. And they've benched both players in the last week. I think if if Buffs and Kupchak had just done nothing, if they had just sat on their their uh, their cap room for this year or maybe next year, I think the fans would have been tolerable. I know as a Knicks fan, I would love for the Knicks to do that. <laughs> but I would love. Look, I would absolutely love for the Knicks not to go out and spend $26 million that they have for Derrick Rose this year. Sit on it. Absolutely sit on it. Don't do anything. We're going to get a top 10 pick, most likely. Let him and KP play along with some other players. If you want to sign a $4 million player or a $6 million player, the mid-level tax exemption, go for it. But I don't want to see them... Signing another Yannick, sorry, I always say this, Yannick Noah, Yakim Noah, for another four-year, $72 million deal when the guy's 31 years old. I don't want to see that. That's going backwards. That's not going forwards. Do you think Magic's the right guy? No. I don't think Magic's the right guy at all. I love Magic as one of my five favorite players of all time. But Magic has never worked, I mean, other than a – ill-fated coaching job for about 20 games and he hasn't worked for the team he's not a front office guy he you know he you know his you know watching him on countdown it was never like he was giving any any extraordinary insight I'm not sure he has that you know when it comes I don't know you know he's in a he's obviously been extraordinarily successful in the business world but I, you know, I just this reminds me of when Phil when when Phil came over two years ago and was going to be the savior in New York. You know, just because you're an expert in one aspect of your business doesn't mean you're an expert in everything. And so, I mean, you look at this. This is a team with very little talent, getting rid of the entire front office. So they, you know, they're talking. They got rid of the PR guy. They got rid of this. They got rid of that. You know, they got rid of everybody. And this is not a team where you look at, and yeah, you know what, L.A. Is a, great, is a great place to play basketball, but there is not much there. And, you know, in this era where it's seemingly less and less important playing in, in L.A. or playing in, in New York, you know, people enjoy it, but you're going to get your money anywhere. You know, you're going to get your endorsements pretty much wherever you want if you have that kind of talent. I don't – do I think he's the guy? No, 
I don't, I, I don't, I mean, I think you're looking at, I think also to be fair, you're looking at a couple of years before you can make any kind of determination. Um, as you said, pretty astutely, Mozgov and, and Dang were disastrous pickups, you know, kind of along the lines of when, you know, we, we talked about Billy King, you know, making the desperate moves to try and keep the, try and make a team make a run in order to keep their job. You know, Bus probably in Kupchak probably did the same thing, not to make a run at the championship, but hoping that they would help them make a run at the eighth seed, not to become overly competitive, but because the goal was three years, you have to be relevant in three years. The hope was that this would make this, these, these guys, this team relevant because they're decent. You know, at this point, Dang is somewhat below average, but, you know, a player, Mozgov is an average center. This, these were desperation reaches. And absolutely, absolutely. What do you say? Okay, so let's, oh, yeah. let, let's, move, let's move on from the desperate front office to perhaps another desperate front office down in New Orleans. So Anthony Davis goes to the All-Star game in his hometown, which the only re- – not his hometown, sorry. He's, he's, I guess, hometown as far as playing in New Orleans. The All-Star game is there because it can't be in North Carolina because of some idiotic law about um, bathroom privileges that the governor decided to repeal. And here we have another All-Star game in New Orleans where there was one, I believe, two or three years ago. So Anthony Davis puts up 52 points in the All-Star game where there is no defense played whatsoever. And and, and Boogie Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins, puts up a good game. Not a great game, but a good game. And then he two weeks minutes. What's that? He played for two minutes. Yeah, well, for him, that's a good game. He didn't have a technical. <laughs> Touche. So, so there, well, for those that are unaware, Boogie, Boogie Cousins has 17 technicals on the year, which I believe is nine more than anybody else. And every technical he gets from now on, he will be suspended for a game. He's already gotten through one of those. So during the post-game press conference, him unknowingly gets a report from – the question went is this. So aside aside from anything else, and I'm paraphrasing here. What did you think about the All-Star game? And he said, why would I be talking about anything else? And then a PR staffer whispers in his ear, well, Boogie, you kind of just got traded. <laughs> a great way for him <laughs> to find out. But Vladi Divac, two weeks after saying, there's no way we're going to trade DeMarcus Cousins, goes and trades DeMarcus Cousins in, again, the GM speak of we're not going to trade him, so of course we're going to trade him. They get back, Sacramento gets back a first-round pick that is protected, top three. Buddy Hiles, Langston Galloway, for those Knicks fans that remember Langston Galloway, Tyreek Evans, who returns to the Kings, and who am I missing? There's one other player in there. No, no, Hiles, no and Omer, Omer, Caspi, Omer Caspi went over with the market. Right, but there wasn't one more player that came back. I thought that there were four, but I could be wrong. No, I think there were three. Okay, so Hild Evans, Hild Evans and Galloway, along with the first round pick, 
I don't know if this reeks of desperation from New Orleans. I don't know if this reeks of desperation from Sacramento, or if this is just a bad situation for both teams, and we'll see how this meshes out. What are your thoughts? How is this a bad trade for New Orleans? Now, I understand that they can't give him the max contract because of five years, $200 million. I get that. <clears throat> Excuse me. He gets to play with his old Kentucky teammate, Anthony Davis. I think, I believe they played together. Maybe they're off by a year. Oh, they never played together. Million. Okay, so they, they, they were off it. by a year. Yeah. This makes them extraordinarily interesting. Because in all honesty, they traded nobody of relevance. Buddy Heald has been disappointing in New Orleans. Tyreek Evans is on an expiring contract. Langston Galloway was already waived. And the first-round pick that Sacramento is getting now very well may be out of the lottery because there's a good chance this becomes they get the eighth seed. And it gives them prime position if they choose to make a run at what would be one hell of a front, a front line. Um, apparently, Jake agreed. So, to me, what Sacramento, what Sacramento did is unfathomable. You are getting offers on probably, you know, you're never going to get in all, you're never going to get dollar for dollar, but you were probably getting offers of, of 60 cents on the dollar. You probably settle for 25. Now maybe Buddy Hill becomes a superstar. Apparently Sacramento had him as their number three guy in this draft last year. Um, this had been, apparently had been reported, but you are literally giving away now. And maybe you're just, you just need to reboot and get rid of him for whatever you can. But when Vladdy Divac says no more that two days earlier, he had a much better offer and they don't make the trade then man. Ooh, you know, Vladdy, a first year GM, you know, Vivek Ronda, Ronda, you know, Ronda, Ronda, excuse me. You know, still young in his ownership career. They don't seem like they have a clue either. And not that people were running to come to Sacramento in the first place, but any credibility that they had, considering they said that Cousins was going to stay as of only two weeks ago, is now down the drain. That is a team with no talent or and going nowhere in the near future. Okay, so let's let's play devil's advocate. Why would why could this be a bad trade for New Orleans? Okay, he doesn't re-sign, so you have him for a year and a half. He's a cancer. Doesn't play well with others. This has been established over and over and over again. He sours Anthony Davis. Now. Granted, it's it's unlikely that that might happen, the souring. But So if he doesn't sign in a year and a half, they've given away a first-round pick who, look, it could be 15 to 18, but still a first-round pick, which is where New Orleans is likely to get any talent because they are not a free agent destination. Can we agree on that? Yes. Okay. So I understand the – going for it in this case. I do. 
I understand that they probably were not going to be on Boogie Gunson's radar if they didn't make this trade, nor would they get another top 10 player. And when DeMarcus Cousins is right, DeMarcus Cousins is probably a top three center, if not top two, with Anthony Davis being the other one, and maybe a top 10 player, 27 points, 10 rebounds, those don't come along very well, very often. Now, why might it not work? Well, they both kind of like to play the same position. Neither one of them likes to play the center position and guard against the bigger guys. That could be a problem. Spacing issues. They both like the low block. Well, that's a bigger issue. DeMarcus has been known to go outside, granted. But that kind of takes away from all the rebounding that he brings to the table. Number three, Seth, this very much reminds me of the opposite of Syracuse. Yay, let's have five guys around the outside of the key and nobody banging down low. Here we have two of probably the top five low-post players in the NBA. And all that I would do if I was a coach against them is sit back and let anybody shoot on that team, on that New Orleans team. They have no outside shooting now. They have no guard play. They have Jeru Holiday. They have Tim, Tim Spencer. Yes, exactly. You haven't heard of him. And they, they don't have Ryan Anderson anymore. They don't have Eric Gordon anymore. They don't have those players that can hit outside shots. You want to know how this could fail? That's how it could fail, on the court. Off the court, if they lose to Marcus Cousins and or he turns into the big baby that we think he is or have seen, it, it, could, it could ruin everything. My brother made an interesting point last week. He wanted us to do a show on the best midseason acquisitions in sports and how they turned out. And I told him, it's an interesting show. It's going to require a little bit more forethought on both of our parts. So we probably moved that to yeah. the summer. But this Agreed. Will That's be a good idea. This will be an interesting, interesting test case in how you can mesh an NBA player midstream. Because I think the NBA is actually the hardest of the sports to mesh midstream than any other sport. Because it's only five guys on the court. I think your points are logical. I think they do make sense. If you're New, if you're New Orleans, would you have made the trade? Absolutely. I take the risk. Yeah. Yeah. That, at the end of the day, you have to take the chance. The two guys who have not been able to win. And there have been – look, you look in Memphis, they had Gasol and Randolph. You know, you, there are there are teams where you have two good post up guys where this has been able this has been able to work. And as you said, both Davis and Cousins can go outside. Cousins probably more effectively than Davis. Um, but this becomes an awful matchup for anybody to play against. Because just even, I agree, Jake. I couldn't argue with that fact. You know, even at worst, if it does become kind of a cluster beep you're still in any given day there's going to be the talent there to scare the heck out of teams and if you're in new orleans and you now have you have the chance 
as you said, to have now two top ten players, you t- you have you have to take that shot. You have no choice. So, and you know, I mean, I look at this, and I know Boston actually decided early on they didn't want you know for whatever reason. Um, but I wonder if a team like Indiana or the Lakers. Or, I mean, although I don't think the Lakers are a great fit either. I, I wonder if other teams are just looking and just saying, if this is all they had to give up, they're kind of kicking themselves that they didn't make better runs at this early on. Well, reportedly, the Lakers... Now, the Lakers are in an interesting situation due to their draft pick. But, reportedly, the Lakers were asked to give up Brandon Ingram, and they said no. So the minute that they... Remember... The, if, if they're going to say no to Ingram, reportedly the, the king said, we don't, you don't have anything that we want. This, all, this is all based on what they thought, what they think of Buddy Heald, right? So they think Buddy Heald is a top 10 pick right. coming out. So you need to have the equivalent of that idea, and that's Brandon Ingram. It's nobody else on the Lakers. Maybe D'Angelo Russell, but I don't think that they were trading him either. So you're looking at it from that sense. The other thing about the Lakers, and this is something that I'm going to try and go, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I do not have Internet access tonight. So I'm going off my head. The Lakers will only keep their pick if it is a top three pick this year. Yeah. So in the case, so they wouldn't even be able to give them a number one pick this year. And they certainly weren't going to give him a number one, two, three pick. So the Lakers really had, unless they were giving up a Julius Randle and a D'Angelo Russell, really weren't going to get, weren't going to have anything to get. Brandon Ingram was the guy and they weren't going to give him up. Other teams such as Boston, Boston didn't want any part of it. They, they didn't want to match with this. And when you say other teams would have liked to have gotten into it, okay, so Indiana gives up a top 20 pick, but where's the young guy that they're giving him? Probably a Miles Turner. But, again, I was just throwing a random name out there. I consider – I realize that a lot of teams shied away. I don't think – you know, Boston may or may not have been in a position to because Boston is going to go after Paul George or Jimmy Butler, supposedly. Um, but, you know, Boston may be a player away from a championship or really at least on an, at least very highly competing in the East against Cleveland. You know, you have a couple of these teams that are a step behind or you have teams that have no chance of ever acquiring one of, you know, a talent like this. So to me that they were, got so little for such a talent. I find I find mind-boggling. Well, I think a lot of teams are of the same ilk that Sacramento was. That we just want to get rid of them, and that happens too. And there are players throughout history that teams just wanted to get rid of, and because of that, pennies on the dollar. And I won't say it's just the NBA. There, look, Reggie Jackson was a player like that. Baltimore just wanted to get rid of him. And they got pennies on the dollar. You can make the case about several malcontents in different sports 
that were traded because teams just didn't want those players on their teams and thought that they were just problems. So if you'd like to call in 760-283-0846, we're going to actually go down the NBA list and tell me, Seth, what these teams need with the trading deadline coming up on Thursday. Thursday? February 23rd. Thursday. Thursday. Yep, Thursday. Thursday, February 23rd. I think that there are some teams that are going to be able to go get some stuff done and some teams that are hamstrung by either the cap or a hard cap or a luxury tax or they just don't have the players to make deals. So if we're going through the, the Eastern Conference, let's start at the bottom and work ourselves up. Brooklyn's not going to make any trades unless they can get Brooklyn, unless they can get either a first and a second or two firsts for Brook Lopez, and I'm not sure that they can get that. Well, supposedly they've been talking with New Orleans, and obviously that's dead. Um, yeah, I mean, the Brooklyn, Brooklyn is just in nowhere land for the next year and a half. There's just no other way to put it. And Lopez is having a really nice year, but his contract is big. And I agree. I mean, uh, other than Lopez, there's not only is there nothing to give up, there's they, they, there's no there's no assets anyone else wants. Uh, well, they're, the they're, guys, they're stuck. The two or three guys that people would want are on our type of guys that Brooklyn wants to keep. You got you got Jefferson, right? Ronde yeah. Ronde Ronde Hollis Jefferson. Ronde Hollis Jefferson. You have Levert, Carl Levert, and you have Chris Cola, all who are on rookie contracts. Now, the thing about the NBA, as we, as our listeners know, is there's a salary cap, so it's as much trading talent for talent as it is salary for salary. And when you have three guys on rookie contracts in their first or second year, they're earning, and low picks in the 15 to 20 range, which I believe all three of these guys were, you're looking at 2 to $3 million. So you're not going to be, and you're at the cap. So you're not going to be able to make big deals and these are the types of players that you want to keep. So I think if Brooklyn's looking to make a trade, and they do want to trade Brook Lopez, look, one of the deals they could look, Boston still needs a big guy. And if you're the Nets, would you trade Brook Lopez to the Celtics for next year's Nets pick, getting it back? Um. Well, for next year's net pick, probably, because they're without Lopez. They're still. They are a. They're still a bottom three team, probably bottom one team in 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 regards to talent. I don't know. I don't know. Now, does Boston have next year's? Oh, they have the right to swap this year. Yeah. So yeah. does Boston not? So they have Boston's. Boston has their has their pick next year, or is it in nineteen? I forget. No, they have they have their pick next year. They have the right to swap this year, and then that's it. Oh, then yeah, I would trade it in a second for for. There is no question. There is no question that then that's are going to be a bottom three team again next year. And without okay. Lopez, I can't even see how they'd be that high. Okay, so so moving on, the next team is Orlando. Orlando is. 
six games out of a playoff spot. They've just traded Serge Ibaka for Terrence Ross, and we went through that in a first-round pick last week. We talked about that last week. This team goes two steps forward and then one step back all the time. There have been rumors that they're interested in Gordon Dragic, Gordon Dragic from Miami. If I'm them, I just let it go and see what I can do with the picks that I'm given. But they've been a perpetual, perpetual um, rebuilding, and they're 9-18 and 18 at home, which is unfathomable. The team would be 9-18 and 18 at home. So, to give you some context, well, the Brooklyn is 7-24, and 24, so they're <laughs> pretty much just bad. Um, but is it worth going after a guy like that, knowing that you're going to have to give up a pick or two? And remember, Alfred, no. Pitt, Alfred Payton is the Rajon Rondo of this generation, a guy that is a very good defender but can't shoot a lick. No, here's what happens. At the end of the – first of all, they should trade Nikola Vucevic, who's got a, who's got a nice game to him, um, but just kind of became negated when they, for some reason, which I don't understand, signed Biombo off of really one great series in Toronto for $20 million a year. Um, Rob Hennigan, you know, pick, is in a desperate situation in Orlando. The GM there is fifth year, I think fifth year, where – they haven't been in the playoffs. So they made the run at Ibaka. God knows why. I thought it was a stupid trade, and I said that on the show then. You know, this is a team that is going – it's not two steps forward, one step back. It's one step forward, two steps back. You know, you have some hope. You know, Peyton is a decent point guard, as you said, not can't score worth a damn. But he's still very young, so there's a chance that could get better. Aaron Gordon has some decent talent to him. But, you know, need some consistency. But this is a team going nowhere, and they should be trading their veterans for draft picks or for younger, less established, you know, talent. But the reality is Hennigan can't do that because if they don't make a run, they're gonna, he's going to be fired. You know, remember, people don't do things in the best interest of the company or the firm. They do in the best interest of themselves. Sure. Okay, so two teams are going in entirely different different directions that are, that are next in the East. You have the Knicks. First of all, you have Philadelphia, who is 18 and a half games out. And then you have the Knicks, who are 17 games out. That's five and a half and four out of the playoffs in the East. The Knicks are obviously looking to unload, uh, first being Derrick Rose, then being Carmelo Anthony, if Anthony is open for that discussion. Rumors are that Derrick Rose is on the table to Minnesota for Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio has two more years and $13 million on the cap. Um, Derrick Rose is a free agent after this year and makes $23.6 million. Minnesota does have the wherewithal to absorb that extra money under the cap if you are the next GM, if you are Phil Jackson, that is given to you. We will give you Ricky Rubio for this year and two more, and we will take off Derrick Rose for a cap savings of $10 million. Do you make this deal? Yes. Um, I think Ricky Rubio is a solid 
think Ricky Rubio is a solid point guard. I really do. And you have him in a reasonable contract for two more years. He's a pass-first guy, which in this offense, considering the odds are you're not getting rid of Carmelo because nobody wants Carmelo, and you have Porzingis, you don't need a scoring point guard. You need a good, a decent defensive player and a guy who can penetrate and get, can get people the ball in the right place. I think, to me, it makes sense. Rose is not, long-term, is not long for New York. He hasn't been great here. You know, I've seen differing views. But he, the idea is you have to build Porzingis to be, the, to be the franchise. Rose is not helping you do that. Rubio is a better chance to do that. So in two more years of a, you know, an average point guard. But that's, I think that, you know, at, at an average rate. And I realize you, you lose the income, you know, you have, you know, he's off the books after this year. So I, I can understand why people would be a bit reticent to do that. But I don't think you're going to get a starting point guard, a good solid point guard for 12, year, 12 million a year otherwise. I, I think it works. So there are two things that are going on here. Number one is Seth has used the word reticent in this conversation, which automatically ups our IQ at least 20 points for the show. So congratulations Woo-hoo! on the word. Thank you very much for showing us that. Okay. Number two, and more importantly, is the fact that – number two, and more importantly, is the fact that I agree with you, wholeheartedly agree with you in the fact that they should not be even close to re-signing Derrick Rose. Shouldn't even be. And please, take him so we can't re-sign Derrick Rose. <laughs> and I think Ricky Rubio gets a short end of the stick. And I always have. I think he's playing in the wrong system. I think he's not only a pass-first point guard, but he's also a defensive point guard, which is exactly what the Knicks need. So I would do that deal in a heartbeat. I would also get rid of Joaquin Noah, but that's never going to happen. That's not going to happen. Definitely not going to happen. And if they can trade Carmelo Anthony, I would do it too. I mean, I've been talking all season about a wholesale change for the Knickerbockers, and I hope that it happens. And I think Knicks fans at this point are patient enough to go through a rebuild. I really think that they are. Okay. Well, would you fire fire Phil Jackson? No. You can't. No, I wouldn't. Well, let me put it this way. Let's see what he does at the trading deadline, and then we might revisit this. But I wouldn't fire him right now. I don't think that accomplishes anything. Um, And the Knicks have their pick this year, which makes it better, finally. Okay, from the outhouse in the picks to the penthouse in the picks, Philadelphia 76ers. I think they look to get rid of uh, Jaquil Okafor, and if they can, great. And if they can't, they can't. But I don't think they need to make any major moves at this point. I think their best hope is to just get back a healthy Ben Simmons. Yeah, I mean, you look at this team, and yes, you'd like to trade. You'd like to trade Okafor. You know, Okafor and Embiid and Noel, the three, these three, the three forward combo. Embiid is the star if he can stay healthy. And Noel seems like a better fit than o- with, with MB than Okafor does. You have Simmons, and the question then is, what can you get, what can you get for Okafor? Probably not a heck of a lot. Um, 
you know, there's a, there's a little bit out there here and there, and but supposedly, supposedly, you know, New Orleans was very interested in him. Portland was interested in before they acquired Nurkic. Um, whatever you get, you get. You know, this is a team that's probably two years away from real relevancy, and this is a team that if they get a top five, top seven pick and can get a score say a Malik Monk from Kentucky, because that's the one thing they don't have is they don't have an outside shooter. Then they get really interesting. Um, but I, I do think they have to trade they have to trade Okafor. I just don't know at this point what his value is. And remember we were talking about the Lakers pick a couple of couple of minutes back. If it falls out of the top three, the recipient of that pick is the Philadelphia seventy sixers. So it is yep. quite possible for the Philadelphia 76ers to have two top five picks in this year's draft. And then is there anybody on that team that's more than 25 years old? I think Nick Stockis <laughs> is, the, is the oldest one on that team, and he was drafted, what, three years ago? So maybe, maybe the process does work. Uh, I, I think the process eventually will. And Sam Hankey will be uh, not reviled, but revered. Okay, Charlotte. We got we to gotta push a little bit further through this. We'll put Charlotte and Miami together. Charlotte, I think, needs a score, like a Lou Williams type. And if the Lakers are going to make a trade, that's the kind of player that they need. In Charlotte, Lou Williams would do very well with uh, Kemba Walker in the backcourt. They have a good enough frontcourt. They just need scoring, and that team has none. And if you look at Miami, that's what Miami has, which is scoring. Aside from Hassan Whitehead, they have no defense. So you would think that there would be a good match between Miami and Charlotte, but Charlotte doesn't need a point guard. They need a shooting guard, and Miami doesn't have one of those. No, neither team going anywhere right now. Miami, you know, the combination of Drogic's Trajic, excuse me, Whiteside, and probably and maybe Jeffrey Winslow, who's been injured, um, you know, is could, gives you some future hope, but it's not a team that's on a championship trend. And you know, we also have to see if Chris Bosh ever comes back, how that plays out. Um, suppose, I mean, we've heard rumors back and forth, but nobody really knows. Charlotte is unfortunately just finally falling apart. They're well coached, but they just don't have very much talent at this point. Al Jefferson is the statue down low. And, yes, Kemba Walker is a very good scorer, but they can't go any further without <laughs> without uh, without some supplemental scoring from somewhere. And when you have guys like Kid Gilchrist, who's a nice defensive player but can't score, you know, Batum hasn't progressed to the value of his contract. They're just going nowhere. Agreed. Okay, so Milwaukee loses Jabari Parker, which is a huge blow to them. They're one game out of a playoff spot. If they can trade Greg Monroe, great. If not, I think they just have to stay where they are. They don't have many pieces that people want. And unfortunately, losing Parker probably relegates them again to the lottery. Yeah, but you know what? This is a team that about two years from now is going to be very, very dangerous. Because at that point, most likely Monroe is going to be one of the rare people who doesn't opt out. Um, because for $18 million a year, nobody's going to sign him. 
But they remember they get back Chris Middleton, who was a borderline All Star last year, came from nowhere. And yes, Jabari Parker is out. He will hopefully he can recover fully from the ACL tear. And if they end up with a look, if they end up with a lottery pick in a very deep draft, and they 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 still they have a they don't need a hell of a lot. So it's just having this talent progress. And so that'll happen over time. So they're in pretty good shape. A team that needs more talent, but better yet, they need more chemistry, is the team that sits in the eighth spot in the East, and that's the Detroit Pistons. Because they, you have an $80 million point guard in Reggie Jackson. No, not that Reggie Jackson. The basketball Reggie Jackson. And the team seems to play better when Ish Smith is their point guard rather than Reggie Jackson. So there have been rumors of him being traded to Orlando, being traded to Minnesota. Minnesota. If a team plays better without your point guard, your point guard's got to go. Yeah, I mean, the problem they have is, as you said, who wants a $16 million point guard who is a shoot first and relatively average at that? Um, it's a team where I, I thought I saw a lot of progression, potential progression with the youngsters like Stanley Johnson and KCP has been very, very good. And of course, Andre Drummond, but Drummond is stagnated. Jackson is still a ball hog. There, there's just not, you know, they've just, it looks like they're going to have to do a rebuild pretty quickly considering where they, where they thought they were considering where their upside was 18 months ago. So I think, again, I'm a believer. I don't think you need to be – I don't say think you need a Rondo-esque kind of point guard that can't shoot. But the shooting first ones, unless they're of extraordinary value, I'm not a huge fan of. And he is a shooting first point guard. You know, call Absolutely. what it like to the nth degree. Absolutely. So Chicago and Indiana. And, by the way, Al Jefferson is no longer on Charlotte. He's now on Indiana. So if he had a statue, it would be outside the stadium. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, they had Hibbert and Hawes, so, and they traded him for Plumlee, who's, yeah, who's, again, Chicago, Michael Jordan making these plays, calls, we'll see. Right. So Chicago and Indiana, both ranging around 500, both, I think, in opposite directions. I think Chicago needs to break it down, and I think Indiana needs another player. Well, you look at Indiana, you look at Chicago first. Chicago has Jimmy Butler and a lot of ifs. Um, you know, you, you had mentioned earlier that that may be the player the Celtics are going after. Um, you know, he's a tough-nosed, tough, hard-headed, you know, got, but kind of a kill, killer mentality, the kind of guy, you know, that could lift the team. I don't know if he's at that top five to ten level as a player in the NBA, but he's not far off. You know, that team is going nowhere. And, you know, this, and they, they also have some other guys they can trade because of all the big, all the big guys that they have, they can trade a Taj Gibson. They can trade, you know, potentially a Miritich, you know, or they still have McDermott, you know, who's a good shooter. So they're, they, they're, they can go in a lot of different directions. And Fred Hoiberg has been done no favors 
you know, with a team that is, that's been that Gar, Garth Foreman and John Paxton have put together. You know, Indiana, they got to do something because I believe Paul George is a is a free agent after this year, not this year, but the year after, and he has no help. You know, they, he did quite well with with George Hill as the point guard, but Teague is more of a shooter. Um, Monte Ellis got old. Miles Turner has been a nice has been a nice addition, but they he the Indiana needs help badly because this team is going nowhere. You know, they're going to be that perpetual 500 team that never really makes the lottery, but never makes doesn't make any kind of run at anything. Kind of like Atlanta was five, six, seven years ago. Agreed. Okay, we we need to push a little bit further. We have 15 minutes to go, and we're just finishing up the Eastern Conference. Toronto, I think, made their pick. Uh, sorry, Atlanta, I think they just stay where they are unless they get a, a godfather offer for Paul Millsap. Adding somebody really won't help them. And they really, I mean, Millsap's a free agent, but they want to resign him. Atlanta is Atlanta. You know, they, they're not going anywhere. They're not, they're that four, five, six seed that's going nowhere. And, you know, Millsap, you kind of have to resign Millsap simply because otherwise you're building around Dennis Schrader and Dwight Howard. And that's not really, that's not really a feasible option. If you're looking for a team that would take Carmelo Anthony, if Carmelo would actually subscribe to this deal, would be going to Atlanta for for a guy like Dennis Schrader. I'd like that type of deal if I'm the Knicks, even though Schrader's got four more years and $16 million on his contract each year. Just a, a little heads up. Okay. I think Toronto's made their deal, right? They, Abaka, I think that they're done as far as I'm concerned. Washington and Boston, I think Washington looks for depth, and I think Boston looks for the big kahuna if they can and if they can't, they both sit tight. Well, Washington, and the rumor has been Washington's going to trade either a one or a, a one for uh, for Lou Williams out in L.A. to be the sixth man on a team that needs depth. Has a great starting five with Porter, Beal, Wall, Gortat, and Morris, but not much behind it. Um, and you know, Washington having you know probably bolstered a little bit by the performance they put up against Cleveland, even albeit in a loss a couple of weeks ago. Um, they, they're going to make – I, I think it may, it's a logical pick. This is a team who's had enough draft picks and was willing to give up a number 22 or 23 pick, a chance to make a real run. Boston – here's the problem with Boston. At a certain point, you know, they've had all these assets for years, kind of similar to the Sam Presti where you gather assets, gather assets, and make the big deal. The problem is some of these assets are starting to get – they've been there for so long, they're starting to get stale. Um, they're a very good team, but they can't win – they can't win the East without a superstar. And that was why if I was them, I would have made the run at Cousins if they, if they thought that was the fit. I don't know if they can get Butler or George. And, you know, even with the, the first pick, whether it's Fultz or Ball or, or Josh Jackson or whoever they go for, I don't. I, I. I. don't know. I. I. I don't know why they didn't look. At, they didn't particularly have interest in cousins. Um. But 
They have an enormous. They have a lot of young talent. They do have some. I shouldn't say that. I, I kind of I'm kind of digressing, or kind of contradicting myself. Excuse me. You know, Jalen Brown has been a nice player. Smart's still pretty young. You know, but Bradley and Crowder are getting are getting are starting to get a little bit older. They need some defense. They need some rebounding. I don't know if George or Butler is going to help them particularly on that round. I would have made the run at Cousins. You know, I I really would have. I I think he needs structure, and I think in Boston you have that. All right, we got 12 minutes. I think Cleveland looks for a buyout candidate, and the they don't do anything at the trading deadline. Do you agree with me on that? Pretty much, yeah. They may try and get a they may try and get a backup point guard because they've been. Because LeBron has been complaining for one since Dylan Nadova left for Milwaukee. But otherwise, yeah. Okay. All right. We went through the Lakers. Phoenix was another team that might have been interested in the DeMarcus Cousins. They have a whole lot of youth, and they have Miami's net, uh, next year and 19, this year and 19th um, first round picks, I believe, uh, due to the Goran Dragic pick. So they have a lot of young talent. Uh, I think they sit it out unless they can get a quick trade for a Jared Dudley or somebody along those lines. I don't think they trade Eric Bledsoe. No, I don't either, but I think they would trade T.J. Tucker. And if anyone would buy Tyson Chandler, uh, I'm pretty sure they would unlo- they'd be happy to unload that deal as well. You know, and Absolutely. So between those two, maybe Brandon Knight. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of young talent down in Phoenix between Chris and Bender and Bledsoe and Booker. Okay. We went through the Lakers. Minnesota, look, the loss of Zach Levine was, was terrible for them. They are currently three and a half out of the playoffs. Unless they're trading Rubio, I don't know who else they're trading. That's the big problem with Minnesota. All their talent is very young, very inexpensive, unless you're trading Petrovic, the center, but I still think they need to keep him to keep Carlos Ta- Anthony Towns happy playing the four, not the five. I think they stand still unless they're trading Rubio. Yeah, I mean, the idea is they want Chris Dunn to become the point guard, albeit he's been quite disappointing this year. And, you know, that's why the Rubio for, Ro- the Rubio for Rose makes more sense to me than the Rubio for Jackson, you know, who signed for another three years. Okay, moving forward very quickly. Dallas on the back end, do you think that they tank or they go for it? Do I think what I think they should do? I think they should tank. Um because they're not going anywhere. Even at best they make the eight seed, um, but they're down at, you know, they're they're not they're not remotely competitive. You know, if you can get some picks for Bogut and for Williams, you know, if you you know, you have Yogi Ferrell, you know, I've read jokingly on ESPN, the, the Yogi Ferrell Hall of Fame uh, run hasn't quite, isn't quite catching fire. Uh, they need talent badly. And when your most talented player, your second most talented player is a 38-year-old forward, you've got a problem. Agreed. We already touched upon New Orleans. I think they're done for now. Portland and Sacramento – with Sacramento's going downhill, surprisingly, they were only a game and a half out of the playoffs. I don't think that they have any shot of it anymore. Does Portland make another trade, or are they done with the Jurich trade, which I really like for Portland? I think they should look to trade. I 
in the more you know, it seems like a couple of these, a couple of these players, a couple of these, you know, a couple of these players had had the contract, had the quote unquote contract year last year. Yeah, and Crab, you know, who Nets offered seventy million for, and then Portland resigned. Um, it doesn't seem that you know when your two best players are kind of similar in Lillard and McCollum, you can get some real talent for either of them. It may. I don't think you're in a rush to do anything because you're not going anywhere this year, but it may be interesting to kind of to see what's out there. Okay, so moving forward on the line of the the West. By the way, zero zero Islanders Red Wings in what is a very big game. Denver and Oklahoma City, except for me, which I can't watch. Denver is in the eighth spot. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, six teams within two and a, three and a half games of the eighth spot. But above them is Oklahoma City, seven games, seven and a half games above them. I think Denver would love to make a deal with Gallinari or Chandler, but I think they're eventually going to stand pat because that's just what Denver does. They always accumulate these these marginal talents. I think in the NBA is better than a marginal talent but let's say a top 50 talent and they never get a top 10 talent. Yeah. I mean, there was hope that that was going to be Kenneth Fareed, but it never really materialized. And so since then, the, before that, the only top talent, 10 talent team, the top 10 talent team, say that five times, talent on a team that they've had, let's say that geez, 10 times, was Carmelo Anthony prior to the Knicks trade. Um, I agree. They'd like to trade Gallinari and or Chandler, but you know, you, you or or Emmanuel Mude. Because I mean, this team is really building around Jokic and Gary Harris. Um, you know, but I, I just it doesn't look like there's a lot out there for them. Okay, Oklahoma City and Memphis. Uh, so a bunch of four of these: the Clippers, the Jazz, Memphis, and Oklahoma City. Those four guys, I think they stay impact. I think they'd each like to make a deal. I think the Clippers would love to get a guy from Jamal Crawford. I don't think that's happening. Utah would love to trade Alec Burks. I don't think that's happening. Memphis would love to get some more firepower. I don't know what they're trading for. And Oklahoma City is capped out. So I don't see anything going from there. I think the four of these teams, while they would love to make another deal, are going to stand packed. Yeah, the Clippers are in that awkward situation of our run is about our run at the title and with Paul and Blake Griffin as upcoming free agents. They're going. It doesn't look like they have they have it, whatever it is to make the run at Golden State or San Antonio. Utah could also trade Derek Favors. Uh, I've, I've we've been hearing some rumors about that. They need the free. They need the free. Free some space, and him and Gobert have not been great together. Also, they have Trey Lyles kind of waiting in the wings. Oklahoma City's and you know they they have a great backcourt, but they need outside shooting, and they just don't have it, and they have nothing to offer anybody. So, um, okay, so we, three more teams in four more minutes. Houston. The surprise of this division, as far the surprise of this conference, as far as I'm concerned, James Harden playing out of his mind. They'd love to get Terrence Jones back from 
from New Orleans. I just don't know what they would have to trade at this point. San Antonio doesn't normally make trades right about now. They, they may pick up a piece in the waiver deadline, in the buyouts, and the same thing for Golden State. But I don't see Golden State or San Antonio picking up anybody. No, um, I don't either. You know, Houston has been, has been very good so far this year, but I don't – I just don't th- – they need some depth badly, and I don't know what they're going to trade to pick up depth. San Antonio is San Antonio. Whoever they decide to pick up will end up being a superstar. And then – and you just kind of leave it at that. And then Golden State as well, Golden State. So, Who is your surprise player – to be traded at the trading deadline, or do you not believe that there will be a trade at all? Uh, any big, big moves? I, I, I don't, I'm not sure there will be. I think the biggest name that gets traded is Derek Travers. That's who I was going to pick. You just killed it. Ah. I thought I was going to make him. Um, the, part of that is that they need to re-sign Gordon Hayward after the season, so they need to and free George up Hill. some cap. Him. Yep. And, and George Hill, Exactly. Um, I do think uh, if there are going to be trades, I don't think you're going to see Jimmy Butler trade. I don't think you're going to see um, Paul George traded. In fact, I think you're going to see both of those guys stay on their teams for at least one. If, and in George's case, I think he'll sign another max deal with them. I think if you look at players that may be traded, I think you're looking at Brooks Lopez, Derek Favors. I think you're looking at big guys that are just miscast in their system and can do better for other teams. And if the Celtics can get Brooks Lopez, look, I, I think that they are a legitimate contender to dethrone Cleveland if they get an inside Lopez. Do you, do you believe that that to be the case? Or do you think that they're still short? Well, I think that makes them definitive number two. Despite Jake's apparent uh, disagreement. I don't think Brook Lopez is, is the answer to the problem, but if that's, if they can get that without, if they can get a Lopez without giving up the number one pick, which they wouldn't obviously give up to get to give up. I think, I think you take the shot on it. Yeah. As do I. Okay. So Seth and Sean sports radio tonight with NBA I don't know, trade deadline preview. Thanks to all for tuning in. Uh, we'll talk to you next week here on Seth and Sean Sports Radio, and we'll have a recap of the trade deadline along with the hockey deadline and a preview of my trip, which I leave a week from tomorrow. Thanks so much for everybody for joining, and we'll uh, see you next week. Have a good one. Have a good one.